Hey, Gabby. Hey, Sophie. We should start a podcast. Oh, my God. We should start a podcast! Welcome back. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Gabby? I am Gucci. Tired, but good. How about you? I'm a little sick, so if I sound <laughs> sick, it's because I am sick, and you guys should all message me and be like, oh my gosh, I hope you're feeling better. Thanks. Yeah, be caring friends, you guys. Yeah. God. Ugh, don't be, don't be rude. What was your day like today? What did you get up to? I woke up, got out of bed, went downstairs, laid on the couch. Watch, I watched the news. Oh, I watched the news for like an hour. Oh my god, it's actually so fun. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, no, because they tell you like little bite sized stories, <laughs> so you don't have to like pay attention. <laughs> so it was like, oh, like Trudeau and his wife are breaking up, and then it was like, oh, aliens exist. No, I don't remember what it was. I remember there was a couple times I was like quite shocked at the news. You're just sitting there and you're like, gosh darn it. It's like, wow, this is really happening. I'm aghast. Yeah. The news always just makes me so sad. Well, it wasn't sad news, though. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, most of my news does come from, like, doom scrolling. So it's just, like, the, the headlines. Yeah, that's why you gotta, like, watch the actual news. Like a cool person. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Gotta be, like, a 50-year-old. It's... Yeah. Sits down at the telly in the morning. Well, it didn't help that my back was hurting a lot yesterday, so I was, like, walking with, like, a hunch, like an old person. <laughs> and I, like, wake up and I, like, waddle down the stairs. You got down. your slippers and your house coat on. Yeah. I'm to watch the news. I got my eyeglasses. You know. <laughs> Just an average Wednesday morning. Smoking the pipe as you sit there. Oh, very, very interesting. Stocks have dropped again. What, I don't know. What generation of old person <laughs> do you think I am? All of them. Together in one. Weren't you going to tell me something about how you cheated this episode? Oh, yes. I have to tell you at the end, though. I what? feel like I feel like, okay, you know what? No, I'll just tell you. So I'm going to do a spoiler for what's today's episode about. It's about Lizzie Borden. Does that name ring any bells? Yeah. Yeah. There's like the nursery rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 <gasps> wax. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When her. she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. And when I was like a little kid, my dad and I watched a documentary, like little kid, like pre-10, between like seven and 10, I'd say. Okay. My dad and I watched a documentary together on Lizzie Borden. Great TV for, for a child. But Lizzie Borden was kind of the first case I got interested in. Always been something I've been interested in. I've seen like a bunch of different adaptions they've done on the story, including Christina Ricci. Who, did, who was Wednesday Adams and like one of the original Adams families. She was in like a TV series about it. I think it was like maybe two seasons. And it Hold was. Hold on. I have to take my Be Real. <laughs> the podcast Be Real. Yeah, my fingers were in the camera. Hold on. <laughs> three takes. Three takes. We got this. So we have nine hours to take this. Okay, so the show was called Lizzie Borden Took an Axe. And it's an American biographical drama. Oh, hold on. No, that wasn't even what I watched. I watched, so I watched the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. There we go. It was a limited series and it's after Lizzie Borden gets acquitted from the murders and it like kind of takes like a supernatural turn. I don't know. It's, it's not good, but I loved it. And then when I was in 11th grade, I was taking Criminology 12 and we were given the opportunity to like write a paper on like our like favorite or like a, a case that we know about or whatever. And I chose Lizzie Borden because, uh, duh. So did you just copy and paste your paper? <laughs> just copy and paste okay. my paper. Well, let's get into it then. So let's get into it, you guys. 
Oh yeah, by the way, it was it was called Lizzie Borden axing the question of her innocence. Oh my god. <laughs> I saw That's that. It's not even a good No, it's not, but I saw that and I fucking cackled last night. I was like, it's so bad, but I love it. So Lizzie Borden was born on July 19th, 1860 to Andrew and Sarah Borden. Three years after her birth, Sarah passed away due to, quote, uterine congestion and a spinal disease. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I currently have, like, nasal congestion. There we go. So it's like that, but in my uterus. But in your uterus, and you have a spinal disease. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, my back hurt yesterday. Oh my god, are I'm you con- gonna die? Oh my god, it's just a little flipped around. <laughs> spinal congestion. Nope, not spinal congestion. <laughs> Sinus congestion and a spinal disease. Except it was just, like, sore. That's how it starts, man. Oh god. <laughs> After she passed away, Lizzie was mainly raised by her older sister of nine years, Emma. They were said to be, like, very close as kids, you know, buddy-buddy, sister-sister. Emma Emma definitely stepped in and like took up the mother mantle in her life because three years after Sarah's death, Andrew remarried a woman named Abby Gray. The two of them never had children and Abby kind of came in like knowing she was expected to be a stepmother, but they never got along. There's a lot of arguments about like money as they get older. Uh, Abby, you know, she knew she was going to be a stepmother, but it doesn't seem like she really ever made like an effort to. What's the age difference? between andrew and abby or be- wait is abby the sister no no no. emma's the sister oh, okay. abby's the stepmother gotcha okay yeah. emma emma and lizzie are nine years apart okay as lizzie grew up and when she was like a young adult she was well known in her community to be a kind woman who was very involved in charity work she like taught sunday school she was like involved in numerous different church organizations like serving as like secretary so on and so forth so like very very religious which is which is fit for the time, seeing as it's like 1860s, 1870s. However seamless her life seemed to the outsider, once you stepped foot inside the family ho- home, everything was different. <laughs> I was cringing so bad reading this, okay? I know it's bad, but listen. It's funny how you do a voice, even though it's literally you who type that, and you don't sound like that. What do you mean? That's exactly how I sound. That's definitely how, like... <laughs> high school you probably thought you sounded you yeah, oh 100 percent. i was like this is eloquent i am this is i don't even fucking know man so yeah many many reports said that lizzie and her father were very close but there was a lot of arguing like i said the two main sources of their fights were lizzie's stepmother abby and money at this point andrew borden was like a very rich man um his like annual in or when he when he died his estate was like three hundred thousand dollars in 1870s coinage i don't know how much that is today he was a miser because he grew up very poor and you know because of that he very much hoarded his every every penny every cent and they lived on like a poor side of town and they didn't really have like the status that she wanted And it was also an issue of contention with Emma, you know, they both thought that they deserved a bit of a better life. For example, at this time, indoor plumbing was like pretty much commonplace, but their house still didn't have it. They had an outhouse located outside instead. And as for Mrs. Borden, Abby, their stepmother, she was pretty much would constantly kind of be the start of the fights that happened between the sisters and their father. One of like the reported arguments that happened closer to the murders was over a house. Andrew had given Abby's half-sister a, like a really nice house after she was kicked out of her old house because she couldn't pay rent. 
And the sisters were furious because they thought they were going to get it. I, it was, it, it had like some meaning to them, something to do with their mother. Like either she had like lived there at one point or like that was like her dream house, something like that. So the sisters were like very, very mad that, you know, the stepmother's sister got it. So in order to like calm them down, he ended up selling them his grandfather's house for a daughter, for a dollar, not for a daughter, for a dollar, <laughs> sold his daughter's, his grandfather's house for a dollar. So finally, about the week leading up to August 4th, 1892, the entire Borden household falls very sick. And at this time, the Borden household is Andrew Borden, Abby Borden, father and stepmother, Lizzie Borden, Emma Borden, the sisters, and their Meg, Bridget Sullivan, who they all called Maggie. I don't know why. She was like an Irish immigrant and they she lived in the house, but they just called her Maggie. Okay. I don't, I don't see how they get Maggie from Bridget or Sullivan, but hey, there you have it. But the entire house is very, very sick. And Abby goes to the doctor and she tells him that she thinks that they were poisoned. And the doctor's like, no, like, why would you be poisoned? Like, it's probably like just a bad, like some food poisoning, you know. But uh, Andrew wasn't very well liked in Fall River. You know, like I said, he was a bit of a miser, but also very rich. So he would take advantage of whatever deal he could get no matter who he was screwing out pretty much but yeah so the doctor says don't worry it's just food poisoning and kind of sends her away like you'll be okay you'll get better august 4th emma is out of town she's visiting a friend andrew goes to work you know and abby lizzie and the maid are cleaning the house doing normal early morning things around noonish andrew came back to the house because he felt sick you know still and he took a nap on the sofa downstairs the maid, also feeling unwell, decides to retire to her bedroom, which was on the third floor. So this leaves Abby and Lizzie. Abby was in the guest room, cleaning and changing the sheets, as Andrew's brother John Morris was visiting. And Lizzie's story consistently changed about where she was at this time. At one point, she said that she was, like, upstairs on the third floor. Another point, she said she was in the barn loft looking for fishing equipment. She said she was outside. She was inside. However, in this 10 to 20 minute window in which she was preoccupied, somebody came into the living room and murdered her father. With an axe? With an axe. Whoa! So she says that she came into the living room and saw her father lying on the couch. He'd been killed in his sleep and he'd been struck by an axe in the face 11 times. The coroner report said that one of his eyeballs was struck cleanly in half. Ooh, impressive. Right? I mean, that's, that's a lot of control for someone wielding an axe. Yeah. Lizzie screamed for Maggie, and she, who ran downstairs to see what was wrong. When she saw the body of Andrew, she ran to notify the authorities. Which one's Maggie? The maid. Right. Maggie's the maid. Maggie, Maggie the maid. maid. Okay. When the police force arrives, they immediately start to question Lizzie. And at this point, her doctor, who was like a family friend and lived across the street, had come over because Maggie had also run over to be like, oh my God, the Bordens have been more, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Borden have been murdered. And he'd given her some morphine to calm her down. So homegirl's on morphine and the police are questioning her, interrogating her, trying, yeah, right? Wow. <laughs> what a different time. God damn. <laughs> trying to see like where she was, what she was doing. They haven't located Abby Borden at this point. So they're trying to, they're like, where's your stepmother? And Abby or, and Lizzie tells her that uh, a note had come for Abby saying that her friend was sick. So Abby had gone to check up on her. But not too long after this, Maggie goes upstairs. And as she's walking up the stairs, she can see into the guest bedroom. 
and sees Abby lying there, also attacked with an axe. I think she'd been hit like 17 times. And it's her shriek that notifies the police. The officers, none of them have ever had to deal with like this level of ferocity in a crime. And like the entire town is just shocked by what they're seeing, by what they're hearing. And police immediately launched an investigation. Some of the first suspects are the maid, of course, right? <laughs> Always the maid. Yeah. Andrew's brother who was visiting, he says he was there to talk about some like business stuff. An angry tenant that Andrew was seen arguing with and an angry and an angry tenant that Dan Oh my fucking god. <laughs> and an angry tenant that Andrew was seen arguing with the week before. Why was that sentence so hard to get out? <laughs> it wasn't until a couple days later that Lizzie finally kind of the, the police start looking at her and they're like, I don't know, like she's Something about this. Something about this. When they first questioned her, she said that during the murder, she was in the barn loft looking for fishing equipment. But the next time she was questioned, she said she was in her bedroom. She's brought in for an inquest, but she gives conflicting and confusing testimony to where she is. She, like, refuses to answer questions at some point. She's still on morphine, you know, suffering from the shock and trauma of seeing her father brutally murdered. When the police go to the barn loft to kind of, like corroborate her alibi at the time they find that the floor is covered in a thick layer of dust and it looks like nobody's been up there in years like nothing's been disturbed everything's just got like cobwebs and dust on it so immediately suspicious yeah three days after the murder one of lizzie's friends reported to the police that she had seen lizzie burning one of her dresses in the back the dress that she apparently wore on the day of the murder when they ask her about it she says yeah i burnt the dress but it was because she spilled some paint on it. Apparently it was like some Borden habit that once the clothes were stained, they would just burn them. Fair. Are they rich? <laughs> well, yes, they're wealthy. Okay, well then, yeah. But Andrew's like a miser. He like very much hoards his hoards his money. Um, oh, okay. But definitely, definitely wealthy enough to afford a new dress or new clothes yeah. when they get stained. And about the note that Lizzie tells the police that Abby received on that morning, to, calling her away to visit a sick friend, the police look for it and there's, to this day, they have never found any sort of evidence that that note actually existed. And to top all this off, the investigators receive a couple, not one, not two, like a couple, five or six anonymous letters saying that as a child, Lizzie was known to torture small animals, mainly cats and birds. Okay, so a couple is two. A few is three. A bunch is more than four. <laughs> well, I don't want to say a bunch because that sounds like well, think of a okay. So you have a couple, a couple of people, a couple, yeah. two people. A few is like a couple more, you know. Yeah, like like three or four. Then you have a bunch of bananas, which is like five to eight. So there's a bunch. Investigators receive a bunch of there letters, <laughs> anonymous letters, telling them that as a child, Lizzie was known to torture small animals, mainly cats and birds. One of the letters details her finding a nest full of baby birds with a group of friends. She then snapped each of the birds' necks just so she could hold a funeral for them. Because, and the thing is, is that torture of small animals is part of something called the McDonald Triad. Yeah, the whole, you're a sociopath or psychopath. It's, well, it's three activities that many violent offenders, especially serial offenders, yeah. have partaken in. So it's like, like a serial arsonist could have these qualities. It doesn't, it doesn't like a psychopath. It's just somebody who most likely later in life will go down like a violent path. Okay. So, so the three that wetting the bed, and then hold on, let me think. Let me think. 
I don't know, just like not being social? No, set, setting setting fires. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so it's fires, uh, torture, or like killing of animals, and wetting the bed. So we don't know anything else. Like, there's no confirmation for sure that she did enjoy or even did like torture small animals as a child. Nothing has really been said about setting fires or wetting the bed. The letters kind of make, make you think. It's like, okay, here's here's a sign that she has, you know, killed living things before, like on purpose. Yeah. To derive some sort of joy or pleasure out of it. Yeah. Some sort of like stimulation. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now her father and stepmother, her stepmother who she hated and her father who she argued with a lot are brutally murdered, mm-hmm. raises some eyebrows. So she's arrested and her trial starts June 5th, 1893, held in Bedford, Massachusetts. 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 No. Massachusetts. 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 I don't know. You know what I mean. Massachusetts. 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 What is the correct pronunciation? Now I'm like intrigued. Massachusetts. How do they make it so Mass Massachusetts. 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 Fuck. What if you can can you make it slower? You can make it slower. Massachusetts. 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 Held in Bedford, Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. Reporters are coming from all across the country. And they're trying to catch a glimpse of this fucking salacious axe murderous. You know, it's all very big salacious news. You're using too big of words. What does this mean? Salacious is like shocking, oh. but like gossipy and like kind of in like a sexy way. <laughs> Listen, okay. People always ask me to explain words. I'm really bad at it because in my brain. You don't know what the words mean. No, I like associate them with like an image. Okay, when you think of salacious, what do you think of? A woman. The Lorax. <laughs> no, I think of like a woman with like, in like an old timey dress kind of like, but with like one, one, uh, like sleeve off of her shoulder and well, she's like got a taboo. Having or conveying undue or appropriate interest in sexual matters. Okay, so I don't think this is salacious. No, but it can be a salacious it's story. it's not sexual. Like, no. Arousing or appealing to sexual desire or imagination. Yeah, what sexual desire does this? Well, people are like, it's this young woman. Well, 33. So she was like nearing, old. nearing spinster age at this point. But it's like, how did this, you know, pretty put together young woman who's beloved in the town. All of a sudden, she's like this like axe murderess. And it's all very like shocking and like, ooh. Okay. Here's my defense. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> Lizzie's defense team was like the A team. Uh, there was Andrew Jennings. Apparently, he was a really fucking good defense lawyer. I feel like Jennings is definitely a very good court name. Right? Mr. Jennings, would you please file your undue process with the court? I don't know. Yeah. And the once governor of Massa- Massachusetts. 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 George D. Robinson. So from the start, this trial is like a fucking disaster. The prosecution aren't allowed to use most of the evidence that was gathered because the judge says it doesn't relate directly to the trial one of these pieces of evidence is that a couple days before the murders lizzie tried to buy prussic acid what is prussic acid 
Prussic acid is a dangerous drug. Hydrogen cyanide. There we go. She tried to buy cyanide, but because she didn't have a prescription, she wasn't allowed to. And, you know, it is also a dangerous drug that can kill people, so she isn't given it. But now that's that, that's kind of lodged in people's brains. But like I said, it's omitted because there's no trace of poison in Andrew or Abby's bodies. But weren't they sick? They were sick, though. That's the thing. The most, like, damning piece of evidence is Lizzie's own inquest that was held where she was giving like very mixed accounts of what happened. She wasn't answering questions, but the judge disallows it because she was high as fuck on morphine <laughs> and she had no lawyer present. Fair. Two days. It takes the jury two days to come back with a verdict at the end of this trial. They kind of shock everyone when she comes back with a not guilty verdict. Well, who do they think did it then? See, that's the question. Like, so initially... Suicide. <laughs> Initially, they like arrested an immigrant worker, but he ends up getting released because of lack of evidence. A couple miles away in Bedford, there was another axe murderer like a month or two after this happens. So they're like, what if it's this guy? Um, they do end up eventually finding that murderer. And he wasn't in Fall Rivers at the time. He has like an ironclad alibi of where okay. he was. So no one knows. To this day, the murders of the Bordens have gone unsolved. People are like 99% fucking sure that it was Lizzie Borden. There's just so much evidence stacked up against her and she did not do well in the aftermath. Yeah. Or, you know, some people come in and say that like she was just an innocent bystander. There are some rumors that there was like sexual assault happening in the home and that's why she did it. It's all very unknown. But once the trial is over, Lizzie and her sister move into a house in like the nice part of town. Oh, that was another thing though, the money, right? So now her father's dead. They inherit all of his wealth. Smart. Why, what if what if it's a sister? What if it was the sister's out of town? Sister was out of town at the time. Or of the murders. was she? Or was she? That's a very good question. There was also a theory that um, it was suicide. No, that it was the maid and Lizzie working together because they were fucking. How old is the maid? Around the same age as Lizzie. Oh, okay. Respect. Yeah. So that's that's another theory is that Lizzie was a lesbian and she and the maid they were having like this romantic relationship back in a time when. People were very not tolerable to gay people. Yeah. And like maybe one of them, they found out and it, or they were trying to get the money for themselves, you know, something like that. But Maggie actually testifies against her in the trial. It's not like they, they, they like didn't remain close afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that kind of well, falls apart there. But after it's all over, Lizzie and her sister move into a nice house in a nice part of town. But in 1904, they have a falling out. And Emma moves out of the house the next year, and the sisters never see each other again. Their relationship is, is donezo. They don't talk. They don't visit for Christmas, anything like that. She kind of adopts a hermit-esque lifestyle. Initially, like, when they move out, they throw, like, these lavish parties. They're going all out, you know, living the life that their father wouldn't let them. Mm -hmm. But the townspeople think that she did it, and she gets shunned. Like, there's, there's a fucking nursery rhyme <laughs> made up about her that children would, like, sing at her and... She was not well liked, so she she becomes a hermit pretty much. And then finally, in 1927, Lizzie passes away, and nine days later, her sister follows suit. No kids, no marriage. No kids, no marriage. Same with her sister. Bloodline ends with them. And since since then, her life has been serialized in a number of different books and movies and TV shows. The house where all the murders occurred is actually like a hotel now. Yeah. You, you can stay in like the room where and Abby Borden died and 
people report all sorts of like ghost activity apparently they'll hear like kids laughing <laughs> i don't even know how ki- ghosts work I, right i'm like well when did kids die in the house i mean yeah. it could be like oh it's the remnants of the sisters from when they were happy but i could see abby and uh andrew haunting because they were brutally fucking murdered there yeah i mean there was uh, if they say like oh we saw the ghost of lizzie like nah and like the people do say that i mean well because like sometimes people say that like ghosts will reappear where like it had the most meaning to them in their lives or, or whatever they're, like, tied to that place yeah or like if they're tied to but that if place they're commercializing in some way. it no one's ever gonna be tied to that then right i was like i was looking at i was actually looking at the website so it, it's a, it's a bed and breakfast museum oh you can reserve the whole house so there's the lizzie and emma suite it's a two-room suite on the second floor that includes lizzie and emma's bedrooms it's 275 bucks a night for two people Additional guests are 125 per night, up to two additional guests. And a fifth guest can be accommodated for $75 per night on a fold-up rollout bed. And then there's the Andrew and Abby suite. It's $300 per night. This is Andrew and Abby's bedroom. House rules. Only well-behaved children over seven years of age are allowed for over... <laughs> no outside alcohol or Ouija boards are permitted on property. Quiet time begins at 11. No Zero candles. tolerance for candles incense vaping smoke fire no pets spending more than one night awesome please be advised that we will need access to your room for daily tours for this purpose we ask that you be out by the house out of the house by 10 30 you may return by 4 30 oh, wow. they're charging three like 250 to 300 dollars and you can't even be there in the day get sleep there. you just get to sleep there which i feel like that that is how hotels work but also you're on vacay and you gotta get up at 10 30 a.m yeah that's so lame it'd be so funny if you just didn't and they open the room and you're just like <laughs> <It> was passed <laughs> out. <laughs> uh yeah, so there's like a museum, a gift shop. You can buy stuff online that they'll send to you. It's it's very commercialized now, of course. I don't think I'd ever want to spend the night. Just not even like ghosts, but like just bad vibes. You know? Would you want to spend the night in what hotel is that? The really famous one. The Stanley. The Stanley. Stanley Hotel. Would you want to stay there? I'm fine with it because I've seen so many people debunking everything. Because there was this one, like, ghost whatever team that was like, oh, the mattress isn't here. It's like, oh, they move them because, like, people die on them, blah, blah, blah. And then someone comes and, like, talks to one of the hotel people and is like, no, it's we just switch out mattresses for, like, sanitary, <laughs> sanitary reasons. Yeah, for cleanliness. We have, like, extra mattresses. Like, no one's died on these. They're just extra mattresses. No, that checks out. I just feel like, you know, because, like, you know, I believe in ghosts. I'll say it. Fuck it. But at the same time, like, even if ghosts weren't real, just, like, the vibes of being in a house where people have been, like, murdered or, I don't know, just bad vibes. Creeps me out a little bit. But also there's, like, another... There's so many, like, stories there that have just been fully debunked. Like, there was someone who, I don't know, somehow, like, caused an explosion and, like, burned down half the hotel. Yeah. And people were like, oh, her ghost haunts here. But, like, she literally lived for 20 more years. Oh, really? And then, like, died from something else. I think she, like, broke her ankle. That's so funny. I did not know that. Yeah. There's so many things like that where I'm like... I'd stay in the Winchester house overnight. Just one night, though. No, I'm not pushing That my luck. one, I would not. I'm not pushing my luck any past. I would not. The Stanley's big enough, and it has, like, it's so commercialized at this point where it's, like, would ghosts even want to be there? Right? See, that's another thing I've always thought about. Like, I feel like you get to a point of, like, commercializing the ghosts. Maybe they're just like, fuck this, man. Whereas, like, Winchester house, I feel like they're trapped in there with all the, like, I feel like oh. I'd get trapped in there. Oh, it's, 
I think I think I do it just because I don't know something about the Winchester House is always fucking fascinating. Like me. I'd love to walk around it. It seems oh, really ab- fun. Oh my with all God. the lights on. <laughs> oh no, I would not sleep in the dark. Are you fucking kidding? Me? Lights on. I would have like six flashlights just like turned on at all times, even with the lights on. Like none none of that nonsense. I wouldn't I wouldn't like be lighting candles or shit. I just don't trust it. Like I've been on like haunted tours before. Like I went in. I haven't. How have I not? I want to say it was Tasmania. Yeah, because Tasmania used to be a penal colony. Yeah. And so we went around one of the like settlement places, and then we went on a little tour. It was definitely like super eerie, but I think that was just because it was dark, <laughs> and the guide was being super like, ooh, yeah. Listen to this atrocity that occurred. And I'm also like afraid of the dark, but not afraid of the dark, but more afraid of you can't what see exactly what's out there. Because yeah, the no, anxiety in me is like, where was I? I was literally like where I was cat sitting. Yeah, I was in the kitchen, lights were on, and like I'm like walking around, and then my reflection catches the side of my eye in the <gasps> mirror. I hate when and that I happens. almost like die. Oh my god! I did that twice in a row. I do that <laughs> like, <laughs> at at my place. We have like a balcony, and it's just like a glass sliding door onto it. And there's been a couple of times where I'll be like walking, like walking somewhere in the room and it like out of the corner of my eye I'll catch a glimpse of like myself reflecting yeah. and it scares the ever-loving shit out of me because like time. when it's dark out there and then it's light in here and then you're just like really bright and in the reflection of yeah. a window it's like ghost I'm like no it's just me it's like okay never mind just me yeah. and I just like like I don't even like sleeping in the dark that much like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so for real with you I like having I like having a little bit of light in there yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that as soon as I turn off a light, I will run oh, upstairs. sprint. <laughs> don't I, turn around. Don't turn back until no. the door is closed. It's like you are looking at where you're going and that's yeah. it. They're like, nothing else exists around me. It's just me. There's nothing else in this house that I know who built it. It's like a new house. Like, yeah. There's no way it's haunted, but like it could be haunted. It could be haunted. I remember when I was a kid living in, in, in Oak Bay, the house that I lived in, there was like my room and then just across the room, like the... The basement was like the bathroom that I had to go to every night. And like I would fucking I the amount of times that I just tripped or slipped and fell sprinting at 1 a.m. from my room to the bathroom because I was so fucking scared. Yeah, uh, nah, the dark is creepy. That's why I could never hike the Appalachians. Ugh. No. That's even terrifying. even like when we used to go to Camp Th- Thunderbird as kids. Oh yeah. There was there was one time, I don't even remember, like it was like we were coming back from playing like a night game or something and I somehow got like left behind like I stopped to tie my shoe or something and no and everyone just kept walking and I looked up and everyone was just fucking gone and I was like oh my god like the scariest fucking thing ever yeah because I did like a summer camp there and then we like went a little hike and then we camped somewhere under a tarp I remember like I would not go out to pee no matter how much I had to pee I'm like it's pitch black there could be bears yes there were there was a bear sighting like a couple days ago. Really? Yeah, a black bear attacked some sheep. Oh no, the sheepsies! It's the wild, dude. Yeah, it's the wild. Shit happens, man. Predator prey relationship. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, thank you guys for watching. <laughs> thank listening. you for listening. <laughs> Maybe you're watching us too. We don't know. <laughs> um, oh my god. Um, stay tuned for Sophie's episode about the color purple i almost said your mom i sat there and i sat on it